Welcome to the New Beginnings Community Church Podcast. Here at NBCC, we welcome the imperfect, flawed, and broken, as much as the healing and thriving, because we are all God's children. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Well, good morning, everybody. Everybody doing good today? Yeah, we survived the latest hurricane. We're okay with that. Storming through the Southern California. Uh, it's good to be here with you today. Before I get started, uh, I want to point us, as we do this every year, you heard it in, I think, in the video announcement, maybe Pastor Charlie announced it also, but I, I want to share it with you each week for the next three weeks. And, and that is that um, every year at New Beginnings, um, we ask all of us, me included, all of us, staff, everybody, you, everybody, to pray about what we all want to individually give above and beyond our tithe to offerings to current life services. Now you say, what's current life services? They're changing the name to Zoe, I think, um, or something like that. Um, but that's to save babies in the womb. And we're all about that here at New Beginnings. Any amens on that right there? Uh, we know what God says about life, and uh, we understand that. But there's a bigger picture, in case you've never thought of it this way, about saving lives. Those lives are important because in America now, in the last 50 years since Roe v. Wade, in 73, um, we've seen 50 million babies aborted. And really, let's change the true term. They've been murdered because aborted sounds almost nice, but it's not uh, what they do to children in the womb. And I'm not here to make you feel bad. If you had an abortion in the past, and now you're a Christian, God forgives that. You will see that baby in heaven. Amen to that one because those babies go to heaven. So I'm not here to make you feel bad. You know what happened. You know what you did. And you probably could wish you could go back and undo. But you can't. And so God's the great redeemer that can reconcile and fix things in the future in heaven. But with that said, um, we, uh, we know in the Old Testament that as the Israelites were traveling through the desert, uh, God had them wipe out certain um, groups of people. And the reasoning behind it is... Um, that they were, they were taking babies and sacrificing them to the false god idol Molech. And Molech was an idol, an iron idol, I think it was iron, but he's had his arms out and it was heated. There was a fire burning out of his belly and the thing's super hot. They would take the babies, put them on the arms of Molech, babies alive. And the babies would scream as they're dying and they'd beat the drums really loud to hide the screams of the babies. And they were doing this to babies. And so God gave those tribes 400 and some years to repent. They didn't repent. So God, who's merciful, gave them time. They didn't repent. When Israel comes through, he has them wipe out those tribes because of what they were doing. So is it important that abortion gets overturned for the sake of the future of America? Yeah, because how much time do we have left before God says, you guys, you Americans, enough is enough. And, you know, he'll pull his hand off the blessing of a nation and who knows what will happen from there. So it's very important. But we as individuals here, by giving money, that well, all of our money that we give above me on the tithe will go to Colonel Life Services um, to save babies. And we want to save babies. So I'm going to ask you, and I'll ask me, pray. For the next three Sundays, you can keep giving. You can give it online, or you can on your check, because you'll see online. But on your check, you could put, like, if your tithe is this much, you can add so much more to it in one big offering. Say, this part's going to go, this is my tithe, but this goes to Colonel Life Services. And all that money, all that money will go to Colonel Life Services to save babies. So be praying, because we want to save as many babies as we possibly can. Amen to that one, everybody? Okay. How many of you saw that I was limping when I came out? Did anybody catch that? You caught that? Well, you guys, that's all you noticed. That's right. Okay. 
No, I, I am limping, and I'll just say it right now so nobody, so, you go, so I don't have to say it to everybody or whoever asked me. Um, yeah, I was at the gym. I was doing squats. I had like eight plates on each side. <laughs> <laughs> it was nine. No. Um, no, I, I, I had got, we got some last second permits to go backpacking. I'm a high Sierra backpacker. Some of you have gone with me. You carry all the weight on your back, climb mountains, and... And so we left Wednesday night, spent the night in the parking lot at Mammoth at the ranger station, laid out our stuff, slept on the floor. We do that a lot in the parking lots. And then Thursday morning, we get up and we climbed and we went over a 10,000, 800-foot pass called Duck Pass. And we camped. And then uh, on the walkout, five miles back out, you know, you're climbing. You go over the pass again for, it's about, I don't know, maybe a mile up to the top of the pass. And then there's four miles to walk out to your, to your trucks, your vehicles. At about two and a half miles from the vehicles, I started to get pain in the bottom of my calf, and for the last two and a half hours, it just got worse and worse and worse and worse, to the point when I just, uh, hey, Larry, yeah, you're back, baby. I've been praying for you every night, me and my wife. God bless you. He's been sick. He's back. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Uh, yeah. He's been a member of our church here for a long time. He's great at toilet paper roll games at men's retreats and stuff like that, so... Um, but that's another story. Uh, and so I'm walking out, and it got worse, and I'm just hobbling at the very end. And it just, it was so painful. And, uh, and, and there's no reason for it except that how many of you, you could roll over in bed and you hurt yourself at this, at this age stage of life? Raise your hand. I want to know. Yeah, me, me too. It's like, it just, you know, you could do it. I reach for a spoon. Ow! You know, and just the way it, and it just, it's, so I can't, I can't walk around which makes the cameraman really happy in the middle, okay? So I can't move. So that's what happened. And, um, you know, uh, it'll, it'll be fine by Friday. I'll teach Bible study Tuesday. We'll be continuing in Joshua. But today I'm going to speak on everyone's favorite topic, and that is why give. And every time I say giving, everybody gets excited. Amen to that one, right? <laughs> We're in our series, Belong. This is the last one. We talked on why church, why serve, why groups, and now why give. So I want to talk about giving because, like I said, it's everyone's favorite. And um, I want to begin with this. This happened in my life. I experienced this. Um, this is back in the late 80s. I was, a, um, I was a youth pastor, student ministries pastor. Any of my old students here in the church this morning? Raise your hand. Okay, they're on to you here. You probably were on that trip. I, I, don't, know the, I don't know if the other ones are here. but uh, um, And so I took uh, the... Um, as many as they want to. And now don't do this. I would never do this today. It's a different time period. But I took junior hires, now called intermediate, um, intermediate schoolers and high schoolers. Whoever wanted to go, they had to sign permission slips. And I took them street witnessing on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood on a Friday night. <laughs> took some guts, huh? It was a gutsy youth group. It really was. We just had this idea, we're going to go do it. So I took them out there, made sure they were in little teams of two and three. Uh, I sent the 12-year-olds by themselves, but uh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> Bad. Um, so we're out there witnessing on a Friday night, probably about 1988, somewhere in there. Um, and I remember when I, we had a designated time to come back to a certain spot, all come together, and then we're going to go home. And I remember walking up, and a group of the kids were already there with their older chaperones too and, and they're there and there's a guy yelling at them and I'm like you know your first thought is oh no you don't do that 
And so I go up, and I, you know, I got, I came up, I know I didn't do that. But, you know, I thought, I watched the movie, I know what I'm doing. So, um, but, um, but for the sake of somebody here, no, I did train in karate for years and years, and some of you have too. You always got to be careful, can't, don't you? You always got to be careful. Um, you can't just go do what you want to do. Uh, now, now if I threw a punch, my arm would fall off, just like my leg hurts, and so it doesn't matter anymore. So I come up, and um, the guy's yelling at the students. And here's what he's saying. He says, um, oh, your pastor, he's out spending the money, huh? He has you here right now, and he's taking the church money, spending all the money. And I hear him talking, and I'm walking up, and he's yelling at him. And, and then finally, and I, now I'm there, and then he says, he goes, and, and where's your pastor at? And all my students go, and they point at me. <laughs> and I want to go like this. <laughs> because I don't want to get in a fight, you know. So, uh, and they, he goes, you're the pastor? And I go, yeah. No, I didn't do it like that. Um, and so uh, I said, yes. He goes, the main pastor? He said like that. That's what he said. He goes, the main pastor? I go, well, no, I'm the youth pastor. He goes, yeah, the main pastor, he's out spending the money. That's what he's doing. Why isn't he out here? And I, yeah, have you ever just had a moment of Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit brilliance in your life? Have you ever had it in that split second? You said something that was like, that came out of me? That was brilliant. I haven't had many, but this was one night. And I remember he says, he says, yeah, and your senior, your main pastor, he's out spending the money. I go, he's out spending the money? He goes, yeah, he's out spending the money. And then I said to him, I said, really, is he spending? He goes, he's spending. I go, okay, what's his name? And the guy goes. And it stopped him. And then I said, that's what I thought. And I go, come on, kids, let's go. March out, I go, glory, hallelujah. And I'm, I'm walking. But it was brilliant. I said that because the logic is, how could he accuse someone of spending the money if he doesn't even know who the person is? And once I said that, in that split second Holy Spirit moment of brilliance, it just shut him down. It stopped him in his tracks. And he didn't even know what to say or what to do. And I rode off in the sunset, just like, yeah, like the Magnificent Seven, Yul Brenner. Man, I'm just, I'm just cruising along. But some of you don't even know what that is, right? Okay. But I say all that to say this. When, I, when we talk about giving, it conjures up emotions. All the way from some of you, yeah, you need to teach people to give. They don't understand giving. They don't know the blessing of giving. All the way to the church just wants your money. And everything in between, all those emotions are conjured up in our minds somewhere when I say the word giving. You guys at home know that too. You know, you know that. Now, so I got a little, I, I always say this when I talk about giving. So this won't be the last time. You'll hear it many times if you stay here. How many of you, raise your hand, are going to go out to eat after service today? Raise your hand. Well, none of you invited, well, you invited me, but the rest of them, they're in trouble. Okay. Now, raise your hand. I want to know who's going out to eat. Okay. Savannah, you going out to eat? Okay. Uh, can I ask the questions? <laughs> okay. Where are you going out to eat? Anchos. Anchos, homemade tortillas. They have good carnitas, too. Behind, you raise your hand. Where are you going? Uh, Rodeo Cafe. Rodeo Cafe? Rodeo Burger. Rodeo Burger. Is that Norco? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm just joking. I'm joking. You don't know what they make the burgers out of. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> bad, Jim. Bad. You hang around here long, it's going to happen, bro. First service, somebody said, instead of saying Betty Faye, they said Betty Sue. I go, who's Betty Sue? 
and his wife was sitting next to him. Yeah, who's that? Okay, who else? Where are you? Somebody going out? To, where are you, anybody? Where are you going out to? Eat? Costco. Costco. You got off easy, bro. I've taken my wife many times. You're a wise man. Who else? Anybody over here? Where are you going, Cal? Pick up sticks. Good play. Okay. Now, here's my, here's my question. Let's go with anchos. Okay. No, let's go with Rodeo Burger. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I'll go with anchos. She's already given me a facial rebuke, so I got to go with anchos. I felt like I'm at home. No, I'm just joking. Okay. Okay, Savannah, you're not going to pay, right? Oh, get out. You're not going to pay. They're going to pay. Okay, right? Okay, okay. So I should be talking to the people with the money. Okay, so, but let's pretend you're going to pay. It's a pretend world. So you're going to go eat there. They're going to give you a bill, right? And when you get the bill, that means you've got to pay them, right? When you get the bill, now let's shift to the real payers here. Frank, I'll shift to you. You're not going to sit there and take the bill and go, I knew it, Anchos. You just want my money. I always knew it. You're not going to do that, right? Right? Am I Right? Okay, here's the hypocrisy of every of us. We're all like this, every one of us. But here's what drives me nuts with the hypocrisy of culture and some Christian. They say, the church just wants your money. Well, so does Anchos. So does Costco. So does Pick Up Sticks. So does Rodeo Burger. <laughs> Wherever you go, don't they just want your money? Am I right? Now, somebody here in their wisdom and thinks they got it, they go, oh, wait a minute. I'm getting something for my money there. Oh, yeah, I'm getting food, physical. Oh, well, when you're here, you get spiritual food, do you not? And man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you for one clap. But we are so hypocritical. We don't think of it. And if you ever want to logically debate somebody, just listen to what they're saying. Take what they're saying, put it in another context, and if what they're saying doesn't fit there, it doesn't work in life. That's one thing I use when I debate people. Just put it in a different context. See if it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't work. Now, with that said, so people have all these emotions about giving. So today we're going to, it's the last one in the series, talk about why give. So what I want to do, if you have your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I'm going to give you three points today. And um, I'm gonna, we're going to go back to these people. Corinthians, the first book, and this is the second one. The first one was written about 51 AD. And we know that from something in the book of Acts about a certain person that they found archaeological evidence that this man held position for one year from like 51 to 52 AD. And then we find him in Acts in, the, in this Corinth area when Paul visited. So we know that was an early written book around 51 AD, these Corinthians. Um, but we're going to look at these early followers. And the way I want to put it to you right now, and as I move along, and especially at the end, is I want to listen to the voices of the past. I want to see what they say about giving. You don't have to believe me. I'm just a guy that lives in 2023. But let's see what they say. And let's see what they did. Because whatever example they give us, guess what, guys? That's the example we follow. Because that's scripture. So let's listen to the voices of the past. Remember that statement. It'll be very important as we go along. So I'm going to give you three things. Now, as I was walking the trail yesterday, I came up with all these new ideas for the message, so, but it's too late. But it's going to be broken off into did, desire, and devotion. 
These are not fill-in statements, but did will be in point one, desire will be in point two, and devotion will be in point three. So here we go. Let's look at what these early followers did. Let's listen to the voices of the past. Three points. We're going to get right into it. Number one is this. Circumstances did not hinder their giving. Now these first early followers, the voices of the past, the circumstances that they were experiencing financially never ever impacted their giving. Watch Verses 1 and 2. Now, brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace, say grace, grace, the grace of God which has been given in the churches of Macedonia. Say Macedonia. Quick sidebar. He, uh, the writer, Paul, instantly equates our giving financially to grace. God has graced us, and now we grace right back. Any amens on that? Okay, good. I got a few of you. Verse 2. Then a great deal of uh, that in a great deal of affliction their abundance of what? joy and their deep poverty are they poor? they're not just poor they're deeply poor overflowed in the wealth of their liberality what in the world is he talking about right there? let me tell you what he's talking about they're in bad shape these churches are in Macedonia in the northern part they're Philippi you've heard of the book of Philippians right Thessalonians you've heard of that one right Berea if you know the book of Acts chapter 17 the Bereans very noble minded they study the scriptures so these are different cities within that area and they're in poverty they're broke they, they're scraping along and the reason they're scraping along is because they're Christians they are Christians in a Roman Empire that says Caesar is Lord. And you must confess that. But you cannot say Caesar is, is kurios. You must say Christus is kurios in the Greek. Christ is Lord. And since you can't say Caesar is Lord because you know that's idolatry and you know Caesar is not God, now you will suffer. And you will be persecuted. And you will lose employment. You may lose the job or your business may be, forget you, we're not going to go to you but you'll be persecuted by government in your life. And that's what they're experiencing, these three places that, are, that Paul is referring to. But if you listened closely, if you paid attention to the voice of the past, you find something that's very illogical, something they did. They're in deep poverty. They don't have hardly anything. And yet in their deep poverty, they dug deep and they gave financially. Did you catch that? They gave way more than even what they could, it says. That's illogical. That doesn't make any sense, what they did. But before I get into why they were able to do that, let me point out a few more things about that. Did you notice it said they had great joy? Did anybody catch that again? Yes or no? Okay. If you ever decide, and I know many of you have, to start reading your Bible, just start, if you're starting, get in the New Testament, read it over and over and over again, then you can start at a certain point, start reading new and old at the same time, progressing through. Just read it through. You'll start to watch yourself transform. The, if you ever read through, but you'll see the, the New Testament letter of the Philippians that Paul writes. The overarching theme of the Philippians, which is one of these broke, persecuted church areas, is joy they're one of the happiest groups of people around and yet they have nothing and they're severely persecuted which leads me to think about something 
Do you want to stop being a stingy, mean cuss? Then start to give. Then start to give. Break the idolatry in your life and start to give. If you really want transformation. I, I love that movie, A Christmas Carol at Christmas time. Now, my favorite one is the 1950s one with Alistair Sim. Praise the Lord. there's that one scene and you know he's a stingy mean greedy cuss we know that right and then he changes and he starts to give stuff to people and there's that one little scene and I just love the scene he has never smiled or laughed at the whole movie he's bah humbug but then he starts to give and give and he says these words while he's giggling and happy and he says Oh, I don't deserve to feel so good. And you think, that's exactly what giving does to a person. Amen. It frees you. It frees you. It destroys all the idols of the love of money in our life. And it frees us. They did that. And it freed them to where they have great joy. And it truly is much better to give than to receive. Isn't it? Isn't it? That's point one. That's what they did. Now let's look, go deeper into their life. Point two. Let, let's, let's dig down a little further. Now, point two is the desire. Let's find the desire. It says that they begged to be involved in giving. They begged. Now watch verses three and four. Watch this. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond. What? Even beyond their ability? Yeah their ability they gave of their own accord nobody's forcing these people begging us say begging begging, begging us with much urging for the favor of participation in other words please let us give let us be part of this in the support of the saints please they're begging please let us give can you have you ever been anywhere where the preacher says, we're going to take up an offering and everyone goes, yeah, let me. <laughs> Have you? No, some people, you say, we're going to take up an offering. Oh, I, I, I'm a greedy, mean cuss. Um, I've been in one place. It was like the first year I was a Christian. And I was invited somewhere, a friend was preaching, and I sat there, and the pastor there stood up, and he said, we're going to take the offering. Everybody started screaming with joy. And I thought, what are they smoking? No, I didn't think that. <laughs> hey, I was a young Christian, okay, so. Now, <clears throat> these guys are begging. Let me tell you what, let me give you one um, mm, application of what this means. They're begging, please, please. That means that this is not their first time. This is not their first rodeo burger. Okay. It's not their first rodeo. That just popped in. Thank you for saying that, though. It helps me out. Um, it's not their first rodeo. That means they've been giving and giving and giving and giving. So in this, didn't give my, yeah, let us too. Let us. Let us. Do you guys know when I do stuff like that, they record it and put it with a picture on our church staff stuff and make fun of me? Did you know that right there? Okay. Now, I can't walk around. It just hurts too much. But um, 
And maybe all the medications, no, I'm not in any medication. But, um, but he, let me tell you what that means. It's not the first, they, they did, here's, here's the example. Christianity is not start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. Christianity is go, 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 go. Everyone in this room knows in some example that start, stop, start, stop doesn't work. Let's say you got married and you say, I love you, baby, honey, and I'm going to spend the first three months with you. I'm going to start, then I'm going to stop for six months. Then I'm going to come back for three more months, hang out with you. Then I'm going to leave for another six months. Ladies, would that work? Start, stop, don't work. That's why start, stop, don't work with church attendance either. Oh, ow. You can't say amen, say ow. Okay. So, um, so start, stop, don't work. And start, stop, don't work with giving. Here's a big mistake that Christians will make when they finally decide to start tithing. And tithing means 10%. Jesus said it in Matthew 23, 23. He affirms tithing to the, to the Pharisees. He says, you're doing right. He affirmed tithing. Okay. Um, but here's what happens. <clears throat> you say, I'm going to start tithing. Okay, think of yourself like a farmer. Farmer goes out there. You're all farmers, we're all farmers. And let's say you go out there and you plant seed. And you're watering, and you keep, and you're watering, and you're weeding, and you're watering, and the sun's hitting water. And while you do that, you throw some seed over here in another area, and you start watering that, and you got these two crop areas going on, and finally, boop, 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 this thing starts, these little seedlings start to pop up, and it's growing, and then oh, the water, you're watering, you keep it, and boop, 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 it starts to pop up over here, and this one starts to bear fruit, and you got fruit here, and this one's behind, but it's coming up, and, and this starts bearing fruit, and you harvest this one, and this one, and now the fruit's ripe, and you take the fruit over here, and you go, man, two great crops. I'm going to stop now. I didn't ever need to farm again. Is it? Is that a smart move? Yes or no? No, you got to keep planting, right? Otherwise, at a certain point, you'll have no fruit and no product, correct? Correct. Okay, let's take that now. And here's where Christians go wrong. Okay, I'll start tithing because, you know, the wrong mindset is God's going to start giving me stuff back. In fact, I'm going to put a basket outside my front door. It'll be $100,000 in there by morning. That's the stupidest way to think, friends. But here's where we go wrong. I'm going to start tithing. I'm going to do it. Four months go by. I haven't seen any change. Nothing's come in yet. That's it. I'm done with this. Start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. You stop planting crops. And so you never get to the place in your life where you have many crops going on some where the fruit is finally full some where it's coming up some where it's just little seedlings and as you pick this fruit you're still planting and you're still throwing out seed and you're still throwing out seed does that make sense? but if you stop throwing out seed you're going to have no crop so Christians go wrong well for six months I don't not see nothing you, and you quit, you quit tithing you never even let your crops get going you should have like 50 crops going on at the same time in the spiritual realm within the area of finances. Some of you in this room know exactly what I'm talking about, huh? Because you keep doing it and doing it and doing it and you have seen the blessing of God poured upon your life and you keep doing it. Any amens on that? Those who are doing it say amen. Yeah. See how low the amen was? Because you know only 20% of people in church tithe? Did you know that? 20%, they carry the weight that the other 80% just ain't going to do. These guys here, it's incredible. They're, they're, 
They're begging. They have this deep, deep desire. And they're consistent. It's not like their first rodeo. Now, so they did, and they had desire underneath that pushed them to did that. But what created the desire that pushed the did? Did that make sense? Yeah, okay, watch. Okay, that's the devotion. Number three, here we go. This is the third one. Here it comes. This is the underneath part. They gave because they first gave themselves to God. Now watch this. Put the verse up there. It says in 2 Corinthians 8, 5, and this, not as we had expected. Here it is. There's the devotion part. But they first, say first, first gave themselves to the, the Lord and to us by the by the will of God wait a minute here so now we find that they first gave themselves up that's called lordship this is something American Christianity really suffers from we forget lordship when you gave yourself to Jesus Christ look, the older I get in the Lord it's just hard for me to believe everybody's saved and then they start look, asking questions look at their life it's like well he's not their Lord they're surely not living this so I, I got I got some I'm kind of skeptical now and I, I I'm not acting like I know what's in everyone's heart because I know I don't but I can sure look at fruit can't I yes or no Jesus said this put it up there guys It's a great question. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Ow. We're called to tithe. He's my Lord, tithe. No. See, some of you go home and you fight husband and wife, and you're one you want to tithe and the other one doesn't. And you think that the one who doesn't, you think you're fighting with your spouse. No, you're not. You're fighting with God. Forget it. It's not your spouse. You're telling God, I will not obey you. But boy, I'll go buy that over there. Oh, praise the Lord. But you're not my Lord. Boy, it's real quiet now. Can we lighten up a bit here? No, I'm joking. That's what we're doing. And we say he's the Lord. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things I say? Now, let me show you something. In verse 5, he says, they first gave themselves to the Lord, right? That's the devotion underneath. That's the first principle. Then from there is the desire. Please let us, they're begging. And then from there, the did. I got to do that. I got to do it. So it started with devotion, desire, and the doing. But it starts with the devotion. You got to start there. Now, <clears throat> let me give you the example on that. Okay, so... Um, there's, um, uh, there's a family. You guys know Pastor Aaron, right? Aaron, you know Aaron, Aaron Adami. Okay, she has family in church. Do you know the galleries, Julie Gallery and Eric? Anybody know those guys? Okay, no, okay. So um, are they in here this service or are they hiding out as usual? No, I'm joking. But um, so I, I have a group of people in church. We go watch superhero movies when they first come out. We go, we, we've been doing this for like years. I mean, probably 14 years, 15 years. And we go watch these movies. And so um, the e Equalizer 3 came out. Anybody? Equalizer? You follow, follow, raise your hand. I haven't got to see it yet. I like Denzel Washington a lot. 
But I like an equalizer. And so Eric Gallagher, who's been going to the movies with me for a long time, his daughter, when Katie, she started going out. She's like 19. She serves in the youth ministry and sometimes volunteers at the front desk. And so I asked her, I said, You're gonna, we're going to go see Equalizer 3, right? And she goes, no, I've never seen the first two movies. And I thought, what kind of a father do you have? And so, and I told her, as I tell anybody else, don't even, don't even go see the third one until you watch the first one and hopefully the second one, right? Because otherwise you won't get the full picture of the third one. You won't completely understand until you watch the first one. Did you catch that? No, did you really catch that? When it comes to giving, giving's like equalizer part three if you don't go back and get the first part right of Christianity then the giving part when any preacher speaks on giving it won't make sense to you see part one of giving is have I devoted my life to Jesus Christ that's the first part and if I don't go watch that movie and I don't incorporate Jesus as the Lord of my life the Lord over everything in my life I own nothing it all belongs to him that if then the preacher comes along and says give if you've never seen the first part then the third part will make no sense to you see there has to be a devotion part one and that moves to point two part two desire please let me give I want to give and that moves to the top and they did it and they did it but you'll never do this until you devote and you surrender your complete life to Jesus Christ you'll never do it You'll never do it. And so that's the real crux of the problem today. Let me take a step further. Uh, Peter is a, one of the original 12 disciples. And uh, in 1 Peter chapter 1, he writes some interesting stuff pertaining to our faith. He says, he says it like this. He says that, that we've been born again of seed of the word of God and the word seed that Greek word is interesting what Peter uses because it's the Greek word spermata we can all guess what that word is right please say you can okay so the spermata the word of God is like it's sperm well sperm is DNA and so the DNA of God once we become Christians through the spirit of God the DNA the spermata of God is planted in us that's the word of God and so we should start taking on the characteristics of the person of that DNA correct? correct my daughter was singing up on stage she was the middle person here Vanessa you guys, how many know Vanessa? okay now if you looked at her face we, have, we, we look alike She's the only one in my family of all my kids and grandkids that has any resemblance of me. If you put a mustache on her, you think it's me. Because of DNA. You follow me? Because of DNA that she got from me, she has characteristics of me. She looks, we look very much, there's a lot of similarities to us. Well, wait a minute here. If I truly am a born-again Christian and I truly put my faith in God and not say oh yeah I believe there's a God that will not get you to heaven friend 
Oh, I believe there's a God. So what? A lot of people believe in God. And even what God do they even believe in? No, Jesus Christ, I believe. I've placed my faith in. And by the way, way, the word believe means you jump into the deep end of the pool, both feet first, and you're all the way in. It's not like, well, I'll go 50% in. Sorry, doesn't work that way. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? Don't do what I say. But if you're truly born again, the DNA of God is now in you. And you take on the characteristics now spiritually of the creator of the universe and the creator of the universe one of his characteristics is for God so loved the world that he what? He gave. He's a giver. And he gave his son. He gave the most expensive thing the most valuable thing he ever had. He gave his son. And so once I have the DNA of God in me now I begin to live out the DNA of God and giving becomes very easy for me. Are you tracking on that? If you're a believer if you're a true follower. So that's devotion. Devotion leads to desire. Please let us give. And desire led to doing it, and they did it. And they did it. Now, let, let, me, uh, let, me, let me pack it in this way. Let me finish the series this way. So, um, um, <clears throat> about, uh, about seven years ago, you, you, most of you know that I'm, I've been on a trek to cover all 50 states in my lifetime. I got three to go. North Dakota, Minnesota, Michigan, and I'm done. About seven years ago, I got to visit Gettysburg. Have you ever, anybody been to Gettysburg? It's fantastic. It's fantastic. When I was there, you, you'd buy a CD and you put in a CD player and you drive around and it would talk to you as you're going to different places. And um, I just love stuff like that. I just love the history of it. I, love, I don't, so I don't understand why people are taking down statues. It's history. Gosh. And so I'm going through there, and it's such a great place because there's so much sacrifice. It's a holy place where Lincoln gave that address, and how much blood spilled on the ground in that place, holy ground. I want you to keep that thought because I'm a movie guy and the movie Remember the Titans how many have seen that again? good we're going to have our own small group afterwards on that movie but in Remember the Titans it's a true story it's based on a true story where Coach Boone is brought in in 1970 I think it was and they were doing integration some of us have lived through integration. When I was in elementary school, my, I'm, I'm Mexican, so my, my elementary school, anybody remember Kimball Elementary in Corona? Kimball, okay. So Kimball was 90%, 95% Mexican. So during integration, it was sweeping the country, they closed my school down, and I was already, I had already left elementary, I was in junior high by then, and they bust everybody to other schools to, to integrate. And not a bad idea or anything, but... And, and, and so it was during that time. And, and by the way, by the way, when you're young, you don't even think about anybody's shade of skin color. Do you ever remember, do you ever notice that? You have to get brainwashed by society and journalists and politicians and they create the crisis and the division and everything else and they create it. Don't ever... Look, I am not exaggerating. That's exactly what happens. And then they're going to tell you, oh, I'm here to fix it. You can't fix anything. 
How can you change somebody's heart if somebody does have attitude? You can't fix anybody. That's such a ridiculous way of thinking. Sometimes I wanted to throw something at the television. And, And by the way, the Bible's the only thing that's got it right on that because, and I hate to use the terms, you know, because they're integrating black and white. I hate those terms. You know why? Is anybody this color? Yes or no? No. And then, see, this is black, black, black. Is anybody that color? And the answer is no. But they use those terms. And I hate those terms because nobody's those colors. Did you know that the Bible has it right in that science knows that Everybody in this room, everybody on the planet, every one of us is a shade of brown. Did you know that? That's science, true science. The only difference is some of us retain a little more melanin than others, and that's it. But the lightest of lightest and the darkest of dark, we all are brown. That's what it is. And that's science. Because we are one race, the human race, come from Adam and Eve, and that's it. And they're not going to tell you that. But, but the journalists and politicians, oh gosh, they're dense. Or else they do know and they want to just keep us fighting with each other so they can say, I'm here to save you. First service, I said Moses, by mistake, I meant Noah. Noah comes off the ark. And he's got three, I know I'm going off in a whole other message, but give me a break here, okay? <laughs> Noah comes off the ark and um, he's got three sons. Ham, Shem, Japheth. The word ham means dark. Japheth means light. Shem, Shem, Shemite, Semite, Semite, the Semitic tribes, Middle Eastern, they're medium browns by, by tone. So you have dark, medium brown, and you have light. Off the ark, three suns. They go to different places. Where do you think you get the different shades from? Right there. From one family. Is that wild or What? And that's the Bible. And the Bible is the only source of truth. Well, back to the movie. So Denzel Washington playing Coach Boone. He wakes them up in the middle of the night because they're not getting along because of integration. They just don't like each other because they've been bred this way to hate each other. And it's just society's way society does it. And he has them go on a jog like at three in the morning. And they're away, actually, on a hell week boot camp for football, high school football. He takes them up to Pennsylvania from Virginia, from Lynchburg. And they're near Gettysburg. But you don't know this in the movie till he takes them on the run. And he gets them there right when the sun's coming up and they get to Gettysburg and they're just tired. And then Coach Boone. I'll get the words not quite right, but he says this. And he's out there at the battlefield with this, with this, with this football team and he says... He says, look out here. <clears throat> Listen to the voices of the past. Listen to their souls. 50,000 young men, your age, they came out here and they fought and they gave their lives and they bled. 50,000 guys, young, young kids, dying out there. That battle. Can you imagine that ground? How much blood was shed? And he says, listen to the voices of the past. Listen to their souls. He says, if we don't come together right now, we too will be defeated. And the way he does it, and he looks down, 
He says, because he realizes where we're standing, what happened there on that July 4th weekend in, in the 1860s, that was holy ground. And it is holy ground. Listen to the voices of the past. Where you're sitting right now, the chairs you get to sit in, the air conditioning, the carpet you get to use, the parking lot you got to park in, the cameras, everything. This is holy ground. You know why? Listen to the voices of the past. The people before us here, they sacrificed, they shed blood. Some of you are still in this room. You got us here. You got us to this place. Because this wasn't always here. You sacrificed. We bought the land. You sacrificed. We built the buildings. You got us here. It was your giving. It was your... Listen to the voices of the past, friend. Listen to their souls of the previous generation that got us here. They sacrificed and they shed blood financially for this place. And the question is, will you now take up that mantle? Will you do it? Will you continue it? Because if you don't, like Denzel Washington said, we too shall be defeated. We too shall be defeated. It depends on all of us, not 20% of us. Why give? That's why. Why give? Because he's the Lord. That's why. And if he's not the Lord, if you're not devoted, you'll have no desire to and you'll never do it. It's really a question of, is Jesus the Lord of my life? Amen. Series over. Del Campo out. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. How many people, Lord, sacrificed, gave up their life to get us here? They dug deep and they gave big to get us here. And now it's our turn. And we can't pass that off on others. We're here. It's time for us to do it. And I pray for you, friend. You got to finally just trust the Lord, make Him the Lord, devote to Him. And do what he says. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things that I say? God, thank you for people in our history that did what they had to do. We all joined together and we got here. But this has to last longer than the first generation. It's got to go beyond us because the local church is the hope of the world. There's no other hope. The world has it so upside down, they've lost their minds. And we're the hope of the world. If we let things cave in, if they let, we let the foundations be destroyed, what will the righteous do? It's up to us now. It's up to you, friend. Thank you, Lord. Now I want to get to another issue. Some of you have never given your life to Christ. You've never made him the Lord. You've never made him the only God because he is the only God. And it's time to do that. It's time to devote your life to him. 
Some of you maybe have backslid. You start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. What good does that do? Nothing. You need to go and go, 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 go for God. Let me make it clear, the gospel. Jesus Christ, the God-man, the only God, he came to earth. He went to a cross to become a satisfaction for sin. He carried your sins and mine. Because sin separates us from God and you cannot erase sin. I don't care how many good deeds you do, you couldn't erase one of the 90,000 you've committed. And one sin will keep you out of heaven. So he dies carrying that sin to become the satisfaction. They bury him. He rises from the dead and eyewitnesses saw him and they wrote about him. Eyewitnesses. The God man. And it's the only thing that makes sense in this world. There's nothing else that makes sense. Because evolution and humanism and naturalism and material, nothing makes sense. Only that. So I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus, I don't know if there's any here, but if you never have, it's time now. And I'm not talking about, well, I just believe there's a God. No, I'm sorry, that's not good enough. You've got to place your faith in Him. You've got to make Him the Lord of your life and the Scriptures govern you now. That's what Lordship is. So if you'd like to place your faith in Jesus or you want to rededicate your life, I want you to do one thing between you, me, and God. Open your eyes right now and look up at me and I'm look back. Once our eyes meet, you can close them, but do it right now. Now those who looked up at me, I want you to, I'm going to say a prayer and I want you to repeat it. But the repeating of it is not what saves you. It's the believing of what you're saying. You've got to place your faith in Jesus. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. This is the moment. Now, you're going to repeat it out loud after me, and everyone's going to say it with you, so you're not alone, because you never need to be alone. But you've got to believe it. Here we go. I'm going to say it, you repeat it, everybody join in together. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me taking my place on the cross forgive me of my sins I know I'm forgiven come into my life take over be my God my only God today I choose to serve you and to follow you for the rest of my life thank you for saving me now let me pray for you. God, I pray. I pray for you, friend. This is the real deal. This is what records your name in heaven. Because no one's guaranteed life or tomorrow. No one is. We all know that. But you can know that when you die, you know where you're going. And eternity is forever. You have made a statement. You've made a decree. You've made a, put in a belief system now that God acknowledges and now you, when you die you go to heaven you go to be with him and I pray that you get going man for Jesus if you don't have a Bible and you need one we have them for free you can get them here at the, the desk here in the lobby outside or here in the corner with the prayer partners they'll give you free Bibles but I pray you follow God you stand firm you're going to get pushback from people out in the world. Don't worry. You got the Holy Spirit in you. You just keep pushing back at it. 
but you stand for Jesus and don't let anyone anyone make you backpedal in your faith you go 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 and we thank you God for this day Lord and I pray for the rest of us the ones that have not started giving tithing it's time it's time to make them the Lord don't go home and dialogue it go home and say we're doing it because he's the Lord we thank you Jesus thank you for your goodness and your blessing and your grace to us God in Jesus and wait let me finish and Lord I pray for people watching from home you watching at home you're not off the hook oh no you claim to be a follower of Christ then you start tithing you see on the screen every week where to give it then start joining in help out let's keep pushing this thing you're not off the hook and so God we thank you Lord for all your goodness to us and all your blessing in Jesus name we pray and we all said Amen and amen. Stand up with me, everybody. Now, a couple things before I let you go. That is Men's Fellowship, September 30th. It's a week later this month, and we'll figure out the food. Got to start setting up online. We have a great time at Men's Fellowship. Any amens on that one right there? Oh, good. I got three of you. But anyway, there's about 50-some guys have been going. We want to keep growing that thing. We just started it this year. Also, remember the Corn Life Services offering. Be praying. And then I'll see you Tuesday for Joshua. And uh, next Sunday, we're going to have a one-off of Vision Sunday. It's going to be a very important Sunday. We're going to tell you where we're going and stuff. So please be here. If you looked up at me for salvation rededication, please do yourself a favor. Take a next step and go talk to these people over here. Go have them pray for you. Get a Bible from them or whatever it is. Go, and they will help you. Because you cannot walk alone. Christianity is not alone. We've already talked about that last week. We talked about why groups. But you've got to walk with people. Because the enemy, there's a real devil, there are real demons, and they are now, you have switched teams. And now they are out to get you. They can't unsave you, but they can sure get you not to live the abundant life that Jesus has for you in your life. So you've got to get it going now. So go talk to somebody. God bless. Oh, no, I almost forgot. Okay. Uh. Here we go. Lord, keep me outward focused. And fill me with your spirit. Give me the boldness to share the gospel with others. Open up opportunities to minister outside the church because I see what I'm looking for and make me into a generous person like you. Now, let me share something real quick. When we say, because I see what I'm looking for, I got to reaffirm this to you. Here's what it means. If you go to Home Depot and you're looking for a sprinkler to replace the sprinkler, you go in there, what are you looking for in Home Depot? A sprinkler. That's right. That's what you're looking for. And so your mind is set. You're looking, where's the aisle? Where's the... You see what you're looking for, correct? When it comes to reaching lost people and sharing your faith, you have to know, you have to see what you're looking for. You're looking for opportunities, anything that opens up to share your faith. That's what that means. If you're not looking for the opportunities, you'll never see the opportunities because you're looking for everything else but that opportunity. We see what we're looking for. God bless you. We'll see you later. Go get some prayer in the corner. If you need prayer or dedicated your life to Christ, please reach out to us on our social media, on Facebook and Instagram at NBCC Norco, or email us at hello at NBCC.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe to this podcast.